For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday are rambling about those Los Angeles Rams. Ramble on. How are you? Welcome to another episode of Ramblings with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. And Isaac, I'm telling y'all, Isaac not with us today because you know what? Isaac got some things going on. He got some things going on. My man, my brother is getting ready for the Hall of Fame, getting ready to travel to Canton. So he has a lot of things going on this week. Now, he did say, Doc, look, bro, of course, I'm going to make time for you, make time for the show. But I told him, I said, no, bro, this is a very big week for you. Get everything you need to get in line and in order because this weekend you're finally getting inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm going to tell you, and I said, Isaac been acting, you know, he's been acting cool about it. And he has been cool about it. It's been people like us, his family and friends been seem like more excited than him. But Isaac has kind of always been like that. He always thanks the most high. He thanks God for everything, and he doesn't really take a lot of credit on his own, but I've been trying to tell him, bro, you need to take some credit, man, because what you've done and what you do is absolutely amazing. You're not only one of the best receivers to ever play pro football. They're saying you're one of the best players to ever play pro football, and since he's not here and he doesn't like talking about himself or giving himself too much credit, I'm going to give him some credit. I want everybody to think about this. My brother Isaac, when he, when he retired 14 years with the Rams, two with the 49ers, when he retired, he was number two all time on the, on the receiving list. Number two now. Think about that. The only person who was ahead of him was Jerry Rice. He was number two all time on the receiving list. And I say this because he doesn't get enough credit. Now, they could talk about what he did with Kurt Warner, and he did. He did some great things with Kurt Warner, some amazing things. But when Isaac had Kurt Warner, he had that – he had another – he was young, but Torrey Holt was a monster. He's a Hall of Famer to be soon. So Torrey Holt had to get his catches. Then you had that dude in the back, Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk definitely had to get his touches. And Isaac was still putting up 1,000-yard receiving seasons when he was a part of the greatest show on turf. And remember, Oz Akeem had to get some catches, too. You had to get the ball in his hands. So when Isaac became part of the greatest show on turf, putting up numbers, he was having to share it with all those great players. Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk, Ricky Pro, Oz Akeem, 
the tight ends got some love too. But I can say this because, you know, Isaac, just gonna, you know, he just doesn't praise himself a lot. He's understated. He thanks the most high. He's extremely confident, but he thanks God at all times. And I ain't going to complain because he's finally in the Hall of Fame, but he should have been the first ballot Hall, Hall of Famer. Should have been, but he wasn't. It's cool, but we happy and we thankful that he's finally being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend. And I can't tell y'all how proud I am of him and how happy I am for him. Now, he says the thrill is gone because he's been, you know, holding on to this for a year and a half, knowing it was going to happen. It didn't happen last year. The thrill not gone, y'all. The thrill not gone now. He happy. He's excited. And I guarantee you, once he gets that gold jacket on Friday night, then gets inducted, officially inducted on that Saturday, that thrill is going to come up like a volcano. It's going to erupt like a volcano. And we're going to talk about the Rams. Of course, we're going to talk about the Rams because they had we had a huge scare. Matthew Stafford hurt his thumb in practice. And it made us be like, oh, oh, whoa, whoa. But it also showed us, you know, how tedious that position is. John Warford is the backup. But, you know, John Warford can do some good things, but he's not, you know, Matthew Stafford. He was not even Jerry Goff. So we know he's not Matthew Stafford. But luckily, you know, uh, Stafford, the uh, x-rays came back negative. We're going to touch on that in a minute. But I want to still give my, my brother Isaac some love. Because when I tell y'all he comes from a large family, proud family, the Bruce's, mom and dad hardworking. When you talk about somebody just that works hard, that stays humble, he's one of the most humble superstars I've ever known. And I, I know a lot of so-called superstars, a lot of so-called celebrities. But when he was Isaac Bruce, Isaac Bruce, the NFL star receiver actually playing, you would have never known it. You would have never known it. Because he didn't seek out reporters. It's not like he didn't like talking to reporters. He did. But they didn't really seek out him, and he wasn't really going to give them good sound bites. I'm a reporter. I know. We like people who are going to talk and give us good sound bites. Isaac's just going to speak facts, and he's going to be straight and to the point. Not much emotion, because he was all about his business. And he was never about self-promotion. Just like now, he's not about self-promotion. He's not. But when I met him at Memphis State, now the University of Memphis in 1992, he was like that. He was quiet. We gave him a nickname. I ain't going to tell y'all what the nickname is, but we gave him a nickname because that's how he wouldn't say anything. He just wouldn't say much. He was kind of surveying everybody. He was surveying the scene. He and I got close. I think he and I were two. We got close, you know, at Memphis State. Before anybody else, probably my guy Tweet. I got Tweet Martin because he's from Florida as well. Good guy. I got Tweet Martin. But, yeah. First time he got there, he was skinny, kind of small. But when we saw him run routes, we was like, man, this dude here is unreal. Daughter, you can't go. You, you don't even know when this dude is about to cut. And I think I remember Deion Sanders or somebody else said that, and probably Jerry Rice too. Jerry Rice called Isaac the best route runner. It's because... He's the best route runner because Isaac can go full speed. And normally when receivers, when they're getting ready to break a cut, make a cut, you can tell in their shoulders and their body will kind of break down or they'll slow up. You can tell. Receivers can, I mean, cornerbacks can tell when a, when a, when a running back, I mean, when a receiver is about to make a cut, Isaac never did. Dude can make, he can literally make a cut in full speed. And before you know it, he's cut in or out on you or cut up on a post on you. 
And you have no idea he was about to do that because his body didn't change. Only his feet moved him in a different direction. And that's God-given because all people are not born with that. That's just God-given, his ability to do that. But it's hard work. The work he put in, I used to see the work he put in. Dude was focused. Always has been focused and always has been serious. So to see him finally get to this stage, it is, I'm telling you, it is amazing. I'm happy. I don't make big, I don't make a big deal out of so-called celebrities or athletes because I always feel like I'm one of the most, if not the most important person in the room, I get in. I, I'm always humble too, but that's the way I feel. But to see my brother get acknowledged as one of the best football players to ever play the game as much as we love football to see him acknowledged as one of the best Rams to ever put the uniform on remember his his NFL career started in LA started with the Los Angeles Rams but I became an LA Rams fan before then because in 1991 my running backs coach was Cullen Bryant LA Rams legend played in the Super Bowl Coach Bryant, good guy. That was my running back coach, 1991, at the University of Memphis, Cullen Bryant. So I started watching the Rams. Well, that ain't when I started. I started when Eric Dixon was toting that joint. When Eric Dixon was toting that, because I was running back, I said, man, this dude, he is cold. So I was, I, I was an Eric Dickinson fan, and because of E.D., I was like a Rams fan, but when coach Bryant taught me what he taught me and learning from him and him being my coach, you know, I really became a Rams fan. But when my brother got drafted in the second round, 33rd picket, I really, really became a Rams fan. And I'm a Rams fan now. And I will be, it, they gave me an opportunity to play in the NFL and I will forever be grateful. And I probably never told this story. This is how I got to the Rams. My, my senior year, I broke my hand in training camp. I was the only starter coming back on offense, but I told my coach I wasn't going to play fullback because my, my Memphis State career, I started, I was, uh, was red-shirted because I was playing so well in camp. And our defense was like number one and number two in the nation, but I was playing so well against them. Coach took me off a scout team early on in training camp, and he put me with the offense but he had decided to redshirt me. So I wasn't getting any reps in practice with the offense, but I wasn't on the scout team. But he took me to, on all the road trips, our first game against USC in 1991, when we beat them with Johnny Morton, Kurt Barber, Willie McGinnis, Tony Baselli, Curtis Conway, all those dudes, when we beat them 24 to 10 in the LA Coliseum, I was there, but I was redshirted. But then I got my first taste of college experience because I was big. But when I, I looked over and saw them in the tunnel, when I saw the USC Trojans in the tunnel, my first game, college game experience, all I saw was these big old dudes because it was like dark. So they was like backlit. I mean, was, they, they, really, they literally looked like some gladiators. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'd never been scared of anybody, but I was like, oh, my, because they were huge. They had the big dudes up front. And you could just literally see their shadow because they were backlit. And they had them big, tall cliques on. 
Then they come out. I'm like, oh, but then we went out and went to smacking them in their mouth. They weren't used to that physicality. Those University of Memphis, where those Memphis State Tigers were giving them. We played them on Labor Day. That was the only game on. And we gave them that work. We literally gave them that work. Our quarterback, Keith Bidden, who passed away this year, God rest his soul, put on a clinic, put on a show. And our defense, they wasn't used to the physicality. But I said that, that I was red-shirted my whole freshman year. But coach was taking me on the road trips. And normally when you red you don't go on the road trips. But he wanted me to get that experience. But little did I know, he had me on reserve in case Cass got hurt. He was going to play me. But I wasn't practicing, really. See, all the way up into the ninth game of the year against Tennessee, I forgot what they were ranked in the nation top 10 in front of 96,000. Our running backs got hurt, like two or three of them. So here I am, kind of out of shape because I really hadn't been practicing. Really didn't know. the. I mean, I knew the plays, but I hadn't been practicing because I wasn't on scout team. So I wasn't practicing with the offense. But they got hurt. So the coach pulled me out of my redshirt year, the ninth game of the season. I was three games, two. We only had 11 games. So I had been redshirted up into the ninth game of the season. So my first college game was against the Tennessee Balls in Neyland Stadium in Knoxville in front of 94, 94, 6,000. And all I did was rush for like 140 yards, 20-some carries. We lost, but I was out of shape, toting the peel. Then the next game, I started against Louisville, hit them up 400 yards. Then the last game was, was against Alabama. They were amazing. They came to the Liberty Bowl, but the running backs that were hurt, they were healthy. So even though I came out of the gate like that, coach gave me one carry and set me down. And so from then on, I played fullback. He put me back at fullback the next two, two years which I hated, but I played it. Then my senior year, I came back and said, look, coach, I'm not, uh, I'm not playing. I'm not playing fullback. I'm playing. I was the only starter coming back. I'm playing tailback. Coach didn't like that. So I actually started in training camp, the best player, period. I was last on the depth chart in tailback. And we had like six or seven of them. Then I broke my hand. So I played against Mississippi State, but I really didn't play. But when I did play and I started toting the rock, I was on. Three straight 100-yard games my last year. The games I played in, we were really five and one. Almost 700 yards rushing, but I tore my hamstring, so I had to miss another three games. But anyway, so after that, I went to play in the Blue-Gray game, All-Star game in Montgomery, Alabama. Pulled my hamstring again. So I set out that one year, then I came, and the Rams gave me an opportunity. They worked me out. I still remember they, they worked me out. They brought me and Alonzo Highsmith in. We worked out, and they ended up bringing me to camp later. And I, I got there because Lawrence Phillips was holding out. He was holding out because they didn't give him any signing bonus. My guy, my brother. God rest his soul. You know, he made some mistakes. But I got there and the Rams, had they drafted Ernie Conwell. They wanted him. To, they drafted him from Washington. He was tight end, but they tried to play him at fullback. They drafted my brother, Gerald Moore. LP, we know, with the sixth overall pick and Derek Harris. So it was four running backs that they drafted that year. Then they bring me in. They brought me in really, I think, because LP wasn't there to kind of be a camp body. When I got there, I just straight started balling. But they didn't really have no room for me because they weren't expecting it. But I was balling. 
because they they had me at fullback. I still remember LP wasn't there. Gerald Moore had hurt his thigh or something in camp. So I told Coach, it was Rich Brooks, but it was Johnny Rowland was the running back coach. Mike Marsh was the wide receiver coach. I said, Coach, Jack Riley, offense. I said, Coach, you know I can play tailback, man. You know, if somebody hurt, you can play. So we went in, we went in, uh, we went in uh, scrimmage against the Bears. And when I tell you I was running them cats over, Brian Cox was mad. Joe Kane was mad. I didn't care. I mean, running them over. I was playing so well that the the young people, the rookies and stuff, and the first year, first and second year players would stay out there, and the, and the vets, one of them practice was able to leave early. I mean, our Rams, some of our Rams teammates came back out to watch me tote that rock on them on them cats. But anyway, they cut me, but then they brought me back and they put me on the practice squad. Then they activated me. Uh, so. You know, the Rams gave me an opportunity, and my brother Isaac let me stay with him. He had one bedroom. He was making good money now. He had one bedroom, and he let me live there on the couch, save my money. And I was spending his money. He never said a word. That's why I got so much love and respect for him. That's also why I got so much love and respect for the Rams organization, because they gave me a chance. And I love him. And I love my brother Isaac. And also, again, another shout-out for my, my veteran running back, Harold Green, who was a vet, who took care of me, who fed, who fed me, not only fed me, him and his, he and his wife and his kid, they fed me and Isaac. But the Rams is the family. So looking forward to my brother getting inducted into that Hall of Fame. But it's so much love for him and so much respect for him because he never acted like a superstar, ever. He don't act like one now. You go out, you used to go out with him knowing he just signed his big contract. He asked you if you got $20. You'd be like, what? Man, you got $20 on you? No, but you got it. Um, uh, almost 100,000 20s. But that's just what he was because he was never materialistic and still isn't materialistic. Always humble, always giving praises to God. So I want to give him his credit and want to give him his credit. And now Matthew Stafford, as we said, he heard his... You know, the Rams started camp. He hit his thumb, his surgically repaired thumb on a helmet in practice. So, of course, everybody like, oh, my gosh, no, 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 no. This happened Monday. And that's what happens, man. That's why they don't want you in camp. Get your ass away from around the quarterback. You can rush, but stop. Definitely don't rush him up the middle because things like this happen. He can throw. And during his follow-through, he can hit his thumb and hit his hand on somebody's helmet when you're not supposed to be. It's a reason why they got red jerseys on. They don't want you anywhere near the quarterbacks. The red jersey is because you can see that color. I don't care where you are. Peripheral, looking straight on, stay away from the quarterback. But luckily, luckily, x-rays are negative. They saying he'll miss a few days. But he's good. So thankfully, that's really nothing to talk about. But we know Rams fans and all of us are like, oh, my gosh, no, because we have Super Bowl aspirations this year. And we're going to go as Matthew Stafford goes. John Wolford is good, but he's not Matthew Stafford. But he did get some reps with the first team offense, which he needs to do in case of things like this. And I can sit here and say, you know, I can break down practice plays, but it's practice. 
Oh, we hear what we call it deep, this practice. They're just running around. Oh, did you see the connection, this practice? What you don't want are injuries. And we got Cam Akers is out, so that's a huge blow. So we definitely got to keep Matthew Stafford safe. So stay away from Matthew Stafford. I'm pretty sure they have said that they can't find him for doing it, but you know what I'm saying? Stay away from the quarterback. Get away. And just a couple of more things. We see, you know, as I say, they're just running around in shorts and stuff on. But we'll see how they really come along once it's time to put these pads on. But that's really the big news. Matthew Stafford's thumb. And the big news is Matthew Stafford's thumb is okay. And another one that we're talking about is, of course, the running back situation. We lost Cam Akers, so Daryl Henderson has been elevated to RB1. So Coach says he won't – McVay says he won't play in the preseason, and he shouldn't play. So that means a lot of guys like Xavier Jones is going to get a lot of reps. And apparent, uh, uh, based off how well they do, he may go running back by committee again because we need to keep Daryl Henderson healthy as well. But it seems like Xavier Jones has been impressing Sean McVay. Undrafted guy out of SMU. So we'll see. We'll see, you know. I want them all to play well and be successful, but as we won't know until we put them pads on. But that's going to do it. I appreciate you all listening. Tell y'all a little bit of history. You know, giving my, my brother Isaac his props because he ain't gonna brag. He ain't gonna say nothing. He'll see you. He's gonna meet, take a picture. You know, he can, you know, he's 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 that guy. And it's hard to find humble superstars, wealthy superstars, and celebrities. That's nothing. He ain't he ain't waste his money. You know, a lot of professional athletes get broke. Nah, it's not him. Cause he financial literacy. He knows about all of that. He knew about not being wasteful as well. Ike wasn't finna, he wasn't finna, he wasn't going to have four and five cars. One or two. I still remember he bought that first one, that Land Cruiser. We bought it in Memphis. That thing was nice too. That's the only one he had. Then he got a Range Rover that I broke and messed up during camp because I tried to drive it with the unprogrammed key. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, salute to my brother Isaac. Salute to everybody else. The class of 2020 Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees and the class of 2021. Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees. I'm looking forward to a great weekend. I get to Ken next uh, uh, third. I get to Ken Thursday. Looking forward to it. My wife looking forward to going. It's gonna be a great time. I'm gonna be happy seeing my brother go up there and be acknowledged. You know, I know his mom is happy. I know his dad is happy. Looking down on him, who instilled great morals and made a great young man. Instilled hard work in him and pride and all of that. So it's going to be a great weekend. I hope you all have a great weekend because that's going to do it for this edition of Ramblings with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce, even though he's not with us today, but he's with us in spirit. And I think y'all understand because he got to get ready for Ken. I called him. He was headed to get a haircut. I was like, bro, don't worry about it. I got it this week. You take care of your business, man. 
But that's going to do it for this edition of Rams with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. Until next week, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.